I'm Kevin Gale, voice of the Crusaders, and this is Seder Stories, the official podcast of Holy Cross Athletics, presented by UMass Memorial Health. On this episode, we sit down with Holy Cross Hall of Famer and former NHL winger Patrick Rissmiller. He was a Metro Atlantic Athletic Offensive Player of the Year and a conference champion with the Crusaders. Following his graduation in 2002, Patrick played 13 years of pro hockey, including stints with the San Jose Sharks, the New York Rangers, and a brief homecoming with the Worcester Sharks. Today, he calls Boston home and works as an NHL scout for the Anaheim Ducks. And he's got a very special evening coming soon. On Saturday, February 3rd, Holy Cross Hockey will retire Patrick's number 12 Crusader jersey during alumni game festivities against Air Force. Patrick Rissmiller, thanks so much for joining us. And welcome to Seder Stories. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be on. It's a really small fraternity of Holy Cross alums who went on to play in the NHL. In fact, it's just you and Jim Stewart who played one game with the Bruins back in 1980. What did it mean for you to be a Crusader at the highest level? You know, proud. I'm proud of having gone to Holy Cross. I'm proud of to be an alum of the school. I think you know, my experience there over my four years certainly helped me as I moved on. You were born in Boston, grew up in Belmont in a big family. How did hockey grow from just a game to a lifelong passion for you? You know, my my parents weren't hockey players. They didn't really, they didn't grow up in this area, but I, my siblings, they put us in. I think when you grow up in this area, that hockey is a, quite a popular sport. So they put us in skates and off we went. And I don't know. I just fell in love with it when I was a young kid and you know, growing up was always my dream to play in the NHL. And, you know, to this day, it's my biggest passion outside of my family. You actually share a famous story with uh, Michael Jordan, both cut from a high school team. How did you actually use that setback to propel your college and eventual NHL careers? Yeah, I mean, I was just at the local public high school and I was small. I hadn't grown for whatever reason. I was cut. I didn't, you know, think it was right. Uh, you know, I thought I was still just because I was small. I still thought I had the ability. But, you know, I moved on from that to boarding school. You always look back and use some things as motivation moving forward. And I don't know, it just it guess it worked out for me, you know. Yeah, it definitely worked out. And and when did that growth spurt hit? Because when you were playing in the league, you were about what, six foot four? I mean, you grew into a big scoring threat. Yeah, I grew late. I grew late in high school. And certainly being six four at that time, you know, was what probably drew the scouts to me. I think, you know, for a five, five, five foot ten during that time, I don't think we're having the same conversation. because uh, <laughs> then it was all about size. So I have a tall family. Most of my siblings were all over six feet, my brothers anyway. So it certainly was a benefit. So you get a little bit bigger, you get a little bit stronger. All of a sudden, you've got some options for college. Tell me about your very first visit to Holy Cross. Well, I can go back. Funny story. Uh, I actually picked up lacrosse at one of my boarding schools. So I was handed a long stick. I was a baseball player and just at boarding school, you always have these great teachers and dorm parents. And he, one of the guys convinced me to switch. So I started playing and I made some traction there and he's like, you should go to some camps. So I went to a couple of lacrosse camps. One was at Holy Cross. Funny enough, I go and camp's fun. We have a great time. I got home. This is late, you know, junior-ish in high school. 
And my parents asked me and I said, oh, camp was great. But, you know, I, I don't think I'll ever go to that college. It's just one big hill. <laughs> so it's kind of funny. <laughs> Fast forward. So then when I'm getting recruited for hockey, you know, Paul called me. And of course, my parents are like, you have to talk to him. But of course I did. Um, but I looked, you know, I was getting recruited by a few of the schools at that time. They were NESCAC, uh, right? With, mm -hmm. I looked at the Colbys, the Bowdens, the very similar schools. I don't Holy Cross is a very special campus. The visit was great. The guys were great. Paul was great. And it, it just was a great fit for, for me. You know, it's beautiful campus, you know, the, the team itself, it was just a good group of guys. And I, I felt I, you know, you kind of go to those visits and you kind of feel like you belong in certain places. And that certainly was it. I'm glad you mentioned Paul Pearl, still the winningest coach in Holy Cross men's hockey history, coached you all four years of your career, 98 to 02. What were some of the most valuable lessons that you learned from Coach Pearl? Yeah, Paul was great. You know, when you're a young kid coming into college, you kind of know everything. <laughs> uh, Paul was very structured, very disciplined. Meetings, say a meeting was at five. If you weren't 10 minutes early, you were late. Just just all these little types of deal details that that really help you know not only with the game but with school and time management and then moving forward at the pro level i mean honestly i don't think i was ever late for a meeting at the pro level it just wow you kind of knew you wanted to be there early and he was very passionate and um it was he was great you know you joke that uh freshmen think they know everything when they land on campus but uh you had a great freshman year as a rookie you actually led the team with 28 assists, your group won the Metro Atlantic title that season. How do you think your game was standing out as a rookie so quickly at the college level? You know, I, I, I'm not, I don't know if I have a direct answer. I, I just know, you know, when I, my, I really wanted to play college hockey. I was super, super excited to play and, and show up there. And, you know, I just kind of, the only thing I knew to do was to play. And I played, you know, for a long time by then and 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 it just was a good fit obviously you don't do those things without great teammates and great players surrounding you and um you know paul put me in a good position to succeed and we had a good team and i think you know the numbers are a reflection of my teammates and my team but i i don't know i just you know it's hard to remember you know specifics in some things but i was just playing that's all I could explain it. <laughs> who were some of the teammates that you really gelled with quickly? And and who are some of those guys that you're still in tight contact with today? Well, it's a lot of those guys. Uh, my freshman, my, the recruiting class for us was, I think there was four of us. And uh, there was only two of us that ended up finishing. It was very small. But my freshman year, I think anytime you're on a winning or a championship team, whether it's the league or the you know, it was at that time we didn't have a bid into the NCAA, but there's always that bond. So that senior class was pretty big. And there's a bunch of those guys, Mike McGuire, uh, Paul Cavanaugh and his family. So I played with Paul, was uh, two years ahead of me. His brother Joe was a senior when I was a freshman. And then a few years down the line, I played with their late brother, Tom, in uh, the American League. So know the family well. Chris Fatty was a really good player. There's a whole slew of them, really. And you know, a lot of those are the guys that I talked to um, just because, you know, my freshman class was pretty small. But certainly over the four years, there's guys that, you know, you're in touch with more than others. But I think the Holy Cross as a whole, it just has that small kind of 
alumni connection you know even around these towns i've met plenty of people that went to holy cross and it's like as soon as you have that that uh mutual thing in common now you're you're just like friends uh, it's like automatic let's take a short break when we get back with patrick Rissmiller, we'll talk about his path from holy cross to the nhl right here on Seder stories at fuel america we've created a place for people to gather to share their stories we are a destination and we are a starting point because fuel america is not just our name it's our mission we are UMass Memorial Health, and innovation is something that defines us, that drives us to discover new ways to provide answers and hope, to provide opportunity and access and equity for everyone, to redefine what medicine can do and how it can heal relentlessly. Wegmans Meals to Go makes eating well extra easy. Power up with one of our poke bowls or poke salads. They're made with all your favorite sushi ingredients and served over your choice of greens or grains. Pick from shrimp, king salmon, ahi tuna, and more. And poke is just the beginning. Our fresh-made salads, hand-rolled sushi, and other favorites can be delivered right to your door with a simple tap or click. Order on the app or visit mealstogo.com. Select stores only. Minimum $20 order for delivery. Check availability in your area. The right way to top a sub is with real red wine vinegar made from red grapes and no food coloring. And the right way to film it is in slow motion, obviously. Because authentic ingredients make a sub above. Whether you are looking at hosting a birthday party, corporate or youth team outing, church group, or just a night out with some friends, Holy Cross Athletics has just the experience to make your event unforgettable. Holy Cross Athletics offers a number of interactive group experiences where your groups can even have the option of adding food and drinks to your experience. For more information, please call 1-844-GO-CROSS or email us at tickets at holycross.edu. Patrick Rissmiller, Jersey Retirement Night Inside the Heart Center is coming up on Saturday, February 3rd. Join us for a pregame ceremony beginning at 6 p.m., followed by Holy Cross Men's Hockey against Air Force at 7. You can get your tickets now at GoHolyCross.com slash tickets. Welcome back to Seder Stories, the official podcast of Holy Cross Athletics presented by UMass Memorial Health. I'm Kevin Gale, voice of the Crusaders, joined by Holy Cross hockey legend Patrick Rissmiller. Patrick, I know you bristled the first time I said that. It's a little bit overwhelming to think about a Jersey retirement night when you first got that call that you'd be a retired jersey hanging from the Raptors at the Hart Center, what did that honor mean to you? No question. I was very uh, caught off guard by it all. Um, it's not anything I ever would have expected, but certainly very proud. You know, proud to have gone to the school, proud to be an alumnus, and, you know, fortunate that I landed in the right place for me. And then, you know, it's just, it's really honoring. And I mean, it's cliche, but it's a, it's a humbling phone call. It really is. I know you're very humble about it, but we look back at your career at Holy Cross. You were a conference player of the year, a leading scorer on your team, a program record setter. You had 30 assists in a single season. Which accomplishments though, as a team really meant the most to you as a player at Holy Cross? Uh, I mean, uh, certainly winning the, 
conference our freshman year it's you know anytime you're on a championship team it's it's always one of the greatest memories you know i never look for individual records or or things like that obviously it's a it's nice to get but it was never for me it has always been about the team and winning you know i know freshman year we won we struggled a little last sophomore and junior year and then senior year we were we got upset and that was probably the most disappointing we got upset in the conference semis maybe and um you know that was probably the most disappointing loss in the four years you were a physically imposing player six foot four you had a scoring touch you had more professional options than a lot of other players at your level so how did you balance your pro hockey dreams with your goal to graduate from holy cross as you got later in your college career you know i always as a kid wanted to be a pro hockey player when i learn, you know, got involved in hockey and, and started to love it. As you get older, things, you know, sometimes reality sets in, so you're not so sure. Uh, but certainly playing college hockey at that time was the number one goal. And then at Holy Cross, it just kind of evolved over my four years. Um, I don't even think I was aware later. I think it was my senior year that there were some scouts coming to watch me play. Uh, Jim Stewart, who you mentioned earlier, yeah, had played a game and knew some of the guys that scouting, and I think he he made some phone calls for me. But I wasn't always aware that people were there, and um, you know, one I made some traction with with San Jose, and they they had offered me a tryout. Before that, it was, I mean, graduating was there was no other option, but I was graduating. You know, I didn't have any early <laughs> chances yeah. to leave early. Uh, and that was fine. Um, and I think at the time I could have gone played in the East Coast League when our season ended, but it just didn't seem right when I, you know, I would have been at school during the week and going on the weekends. And at that time, they didn't have ice. Once our season ended, the ice came up. So just stayed put and, and got offered a tryout with San Jose. And it paid off. You signed with the Sharks in 2002, but the work had to really start in earnest at that point. You don't go straight to the show. You have to navigate your way through the minors to become an NHL caliber player. What did those seasons of building toward the NHL really mean to you? And how did you get to the top level? Well, I think going in, honestly, I was a little naive to everything. Uh, I, I was, you know, when I met a gun, bunch of the guys, that most didn't even, never, had never even heard of Holy Cross. And I, you know, yeah. I didn't know anybody Honestly, I showed up in San Jose. I don't think I knew one player, equipment manager. So for me, I think that helped me. Uh, I was just out there to play. I wasn't nervous because every day I was there was a bonus. You know, I hadn't even heard of most of these junior teams that are in Canada, like out in the Western Hockey League, Brandon and, and all these teams. So I just was out there playing hockey. The only thing I knew what to do. And um, that certainly helped me because I didn't have the nerves or anything. And then, you know, you get sent to the American League, but I didn't look at at that time as disappointment my first year because for me it was I'm going to give this a shot and if it doesn't work, you know I guess I'll move on with my life and and so I don't I mean of course you're a little disappointed but my expectations I don't know I was just thrilled to be there I guess that's the only way to put it so they sent me to Cleveland and that was fine but even then I didn't know if I was going to stay in Cleveland or go down to the East Coast League. So I lived day to day for, I don't think I moved out of the hotel. I want to say till around November. And when wow. I tell you that, then you kind of, you know, you're there. That doesn't mean you can't get sent down after, but I was just day to day and having, you know, playing the game I loved and doing the best that I can. 
certainly uh, you learn quickly about the business side of it, but also how long the season. I think at that time in the American League, we played 80 games a year. Mm-hmm. So I, I think at Holy Cross, I was playing, you know, less than half of that. <laughs> so it's uh, it's tough. It's tough. There's late nights on the buses and, you know, it just takes – you just got to kind of keep pushing through. The more your game becomes more consistent, the better off you are. So – Funny enough, my first coach was Roy Sommer, who's Cass, yeah. the assistant coach's dad. So, you know, I met Cass back in 2002. He's just a little kid running around the locker room. <laughs> so that <kinda> comes full <laughs> circle. And now he's coaching the next generation of Crusaders. If if there's one thing I've learned, the hockey business is, is, is very, very small. And Pete DeBoer, who's coaching in the NHL, his yeah. son, now on the roster at Holy Cross. Let me ask yeah. you this, Pat. I... My favorite question, where and when did you get that call, the first call up to the NHL? Believe it or not, it was only my second year. It was in the fall, and it was at the end of practice, the coach told me. We had just practiced. We were in Cleveland, and, we and uh, he, he told me. I was about as surprised as anyone there. You know, you always watch the team, your NHL team, but I don't know. I just, things were, I was playing well, and I played, I got called up for four games at that time, but yeah, it was after practice and it was kind of, I was in disbelief. I would say I'd get out of the rink. And I remember I called my mom and dad, the token phone calls and, (laughs) you know, my siblings and all that. And then I was on a plane out West. Walk me through the day leading up to your NHL debut. Did you, was that in San Jose? Did you get a rookie lap? Oh no, they weren't doing that stuff at that time. (laughs) No, I, I, I can I think uh, I showed up the day before. So I think I got one practice and then we played the next day, you know, fourth line, huh? five, six minutes, <laughs> not too much, <laughs> but you know, go just the build up to it all. It, it's a little, you're a little nervous. Probably the first time I've been nervous in a long time for a hockey game um, and warming up. I can kind of remember all that. Um, and then after like, I think the first shift or two, you feel like everybody's moving so much faster than you are. And, it, and then you just kind of settle right in. You know, you do look around. I look taking it all in and playing with some of the guys I was with or against. And it's, it's kind of surreal at that time. So from those five or six minutes, you grow your game. You become a more valuable contributor for a Sharks franchise that at that time was a mainstay in the playoffs every single year during the mid-2000s. I actually remember a double OT goal you scored in the playoffs <laughs> in Nashville during the 07 postseason, how did the reality of it all, playing in the NHL, playing in the postseason, really live up to your dreams starting out in Belmont? I mean, all of it, you know, I, just, I mean, flying on the private plane, staying at the hotels you stayed. Certainly the playoffs was the best time of year to play in. That was just the intensity was ratched up amongst the players. The buildings were so loud. Um, that was like, that was the most fun. It was always, and always disappointing, you know, you're playing in the playoffs and it's amazing. And then you lose and it, your season's over. It's, it's pretty crushing. Let's take one last break. When we return, we'll talk with Patrick Rissmiller about his ongoing work in the NHL, plus his ties back to Holy Cross. That's next on Seder Stories. We are UMass Memorial Health and innovation is something that defines us that drives us to discover new ways to provide answers and hope 
to provide opportunity and access and equity for everyone to redefine what medicine can do and how it can heal relentlessly. Wegmans Meals To Go makes eating well extra easy. Power up with one of our poke bowls or poke salads. They're made with all your favorite sushi ingredients and served over your choice of greens or grains. Pick from shrimp, king salmon, ahi tuna, and more. And poke is just the beginning. Our fresh-made salads, hand-rolled sushi, and other favorites can be delivered right to your door with a simple tap or click. Order on the app or visit Mealstogo.com. Select stores only. Minimum $20 order for delivery. Check availability in your area. The right way to top a sub is with real red wine vinegar made from red grapes and no food coloring. And the right way to film it is in slow motion. Obviously. Because authentic ingredients make a sub above. We are UMass Memorial Health, and innovation is something that defines us, that drives us to discover new ways to provide answers and hope, to provide opportunity and access and equity for everyone, to redefine what medicine can do and how it can heal relentlessly. Getting that perfect slice is satisfying, fulfilling, and rewarding too. But we don't do it for fun. We do it for fresh. Slice to order makes a sub above. Holy Cross Athletics Giving Day is coming up on Friday, February 9th and Saturday, February 10th. Your gift to Holy Cross Athletics supports the continued development of our student athletes. Each and every gift, regardless of size, makes a difference. Save the date for Holy Cross Athletics Giving Day, February 9th and 10th. I'm Kevin Gale, voice of the Crusaders, and this is Seder Stories, presented by UMass Memorial Health. My guest is Patrick Rissmiller, who will join us at the Heart Center on February 3rd for his Jersey retirement with Holy Cross Hockey. Patrick, Bill Riga and his team are, are building something special in Atlantic Hockey what is it like to, to stay connected to the program and, and share this opportunity on a Saturday night, your Jersey retirement ceremony, and then get an opportunity to see your alma mater play? It's always fun to go back to campus. And this year I have been back a couple more times than I usually am. Um, but I always, you know, I always try to get in there once a year if I can watch the team or bring my kids and watch the team play and, you know, talk hockey with Bill or whoever wants to listen. Um, but it's always nice to get back to school and watch the guys play. And uh, certainly, you know, I think, you know, they're improving, you know, even from the fall to now and just year by year. So it's good. And that's your professional opinion because you live on the North Shore, you're nearby, and your job now is is a college scout for the Anaheim Ducks. So give me an idea of your workflow these days. How often are you in college barns looking at, you know, the next generation of NHL players? Scout mostly here in the East and pretty much if there's a game or a couple, I'm, I'm there. I don't know. I'd say 115-ish a year, probably around there. Um, wow. But being out East, you know, there's a lot more weekday games now than there ever was. So that makes it easy. And I'm usually within driving distance of most places. So, um, and certainly Holy Cross and that league is always on my radar. You always got to see. You never know. 
looking back on your 13 years of, of pro hockey, who would you say were the greatest players you played with and also played against? Uh, well, with easy, uh, Pat Marlowe and Joe Thornton, two of the best probably to ever play. Hall of Famers for sure. Pat with Patty with his skating and his skill and, and Joe with his vision and his passing. I don't know, it was always awesome to be on share the ice with them. Certainly at first you're a little, I don't know, in awe. <laughs> and then you realize it's, you know, they're they're just they're some of the nicest people. And playing against, uh, I always liked watching Mike Madonna or uh Joe Sackick. They were some of the ones. Um there's a lot of them. I, Often got a good seat to watch. You know, Chris Pronger was hard to play against. I don't know. With a long list, right? When you first. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but I we played Dallas a lot. So we always had to play against Mike Madonna and they had good teams. We played Colorado a lot and um, playing out West. Uh, those were definitely two of my favorites. And Chris Pronger made some postseasons very difficult for the San Jose Sharks. Yeah, he they, was, yes, he was a force to be reckoned with. Yes. Yes. He was, uh, he was mean. <laughs> so you played for the Sharks. You also played for the Rangers and the Panthers. And you continued your career in professional hockey after the NHL. You had a quick homecoming with the Worcester Sharks in the AHL. You played overseas in Italy. What kept your passion going to keep playing hockey for another five or so years after your NHL career? I love it. I mean, that's the only way to put it. I was not ready to give up. I was not ready to stop playing. It's the best job I, in the world, as I would say. And for me, there was it was never a debate when I was still here. And then I went over to Europe. I had always, as after a few years playing over here and I learned more about Europe, it was always a goal of mine to go over there and play. And you get paid some money, you know, and it's not, you're not making a fortune by any means, but you're over there and you're living and you get to travel around, uh, we went over with one kid at the time, my second year, my second one was born over there and we got to hit a lot of good places, you know, travel wise. Um, it was a great like life experience. I'm so glad I did it. Can't argue with that. You retired from hockey as a player in 2015 after those two seasons in Italy. How did you create a new career path for yourself in hockey? Because you jumped right in with the devil's organization like that after you retired. When I went over to Italy, I, I, I mean, I saw kind of the writing on the wall. Um, and then I have kids. In the summers, I would try to pound the pavement a little bit, whether it was coaching, scouting, coaching college. And the one summer, I made some traction down there with New Jersey and got hired doing uh, player development. So I did that with them for about seven years. And then uh, the last two, I've been with Anaheim. So different role with Anaheim, which has been nice. Still puts me in a rink, which is where I want to be. That's a great dream job, no matter how you're doing it. I, I've got to ask you, because your path is is so unique in that you played around the world, you worked your way up, you were undrafted, you still got to the NHL. How does that focus your work, either in player development or identifying pros of the future, using your experience to say, hey, the straightest path to the NHL is not always first round pick, you get right on the ice with the big boys? You know, I, I believe every player or person has their own development path and some take longer than others. Some, it just, there's, there's no direct way. There's no way to say, you know, I coach my kids and I work with a lot of kids and, and I know youth sports has gotten a little crazy these days, but I tell people that there's, 
you, there's no cookie cutter. You can't say if I do this, this, and this, I'm going here. Um, there's also a lot of variables, right? Like there's health, there's, uh, you know, are you going to stay healthy? Are you playing well when the scouts are watching? All sorts of things. So I think when I watch, you know, you, you're trying to pick up on on some talent or something that might separate the kids, but, you know, you're going to be wrong or or the person you thought would make it won't or the person you thought wouldn't will or does in five years. Um, and that was my own experience. Personally, for me, I grew late, probably than later than most. And it just, you know, it took me a little time, but I was fortunate to be 6'4", you know, that's how tall I grew to be, which certainly helped me. But you know, it just, there's a lot, you know, when I go back to when I got called up, I was really supposed to be just a replacement for a couple of games. And then somebody's wife was having a baby. Someone else got wow. hurt. Someone got suspended. So then I just kind of, you know, was still there. And then in that span, I, I gained enough trust from the coach. You know, I was playing left wing only, no special teams. And one day I remember coach at the time, you know, asked about killing penalties and playing right wing. Well, of course I said, I, want, I don't want to go back down, right? I'll play yeah. wherever you want. Yes, I kill penalties. So I gained the trust, and that's kind of how that worked. But, yeah, like I, back to that, there, there's no direct path, right? There's no direct path in any of the sports or or, or really, I think, just in life in general. Um, it just takes people different amounts of time or, or it takes them on a different journey. That's a great story. You really made the most of your opportunities and and that's how you get to the highest level. I, I want to wrap it up with this. Uh, we, we've talked a lot about your Jersey retirement ceremony. What will that evening be like sharing with your family, having friends and, and former teammates there? And, and what message would you send to all the people that, you know, helped you not just graduate from Holy Cross, but become, you know, the person who's still working in professional hockey today? Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's uh, a chance to see a lot of friends that you don't see as much, kind of like a mini reunion. Certainly overwhelmed, uh, honored. And, you know, I I do think it's a reflection of, of people in your lives, whether it's your family, certainly my family, my parents, my siblings, and also just like, I, you know, your teammates, your coaches, you know, this a reflection of, of being on good teams, playing with good people, good players, and all, all that. But yeah, thank you for for all the support to everybody. Um, like I said earlier, it's a little bit surreal, a little bit overwhelming, um, but certainly honored. And, you know, I look back and I was so happy to be playing college hockey. And I just feel very fortunate that I landed a Holy Cross and what the, the, you know, the community it has not only on campus, but even as an alum of the school. When you meet somebody and you find out it's in common, then it's like you've been friends for years. It's a great network. It's a great world of Crusader faithful. And uh, it's great to have you part of it, Patrick Chris Miller. Congratulations again. We'll look forward to seeing you February 3rd for your Jersey retirement at the Heart Center. Great. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure. Great talking with you. That'll do it for this episode of Seder Stories. If you loved our conversation with Patrick Rissmiller, please leave us a five-star rating and review. And of course, tell your fellow Crusaders. This is the official podcast of Holy Cross Athletics and the best spot to get Crusader content on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Thanks again for listening. I'm Kevin Gale. Go Cross Go. Go Cross Go.